Welcome to the fourth episode of the Two Key Geeks podcast. I'm Ben Elmore. I'm Daniel Elmore. And we are the Two Key Geeks. This week, we're going to be talking about Spooky Empire Tampa 2019. This convention was held October 30th through November 3rd of 2019 at the Tampa Convention Center. This is the, what, Daniel, second time we've been to Tampa? Second time, yes. This is actually Spooky Empire's first time to go to Tampa. It was a very good convention. We are mixed feelings on going to Tampa. For some reason, from the Keys, it seems like it takes eons to get to Tampa compared to Orlando. It's a long stretch of absolutely nothing to look at. It is. It's a very long stretch, a long drive. It's about five and a half, six hours. Normally, Orlando runs... Four, four and a half. Four and a half is a good number. Tampa also does not have the huge infrastructure that Orlando has. What that means is Orlando has Universal Studios, it has Disney, it has SeaWorld, and because of that, there are thousands of hotels, and they're very cheap. We can usually get a room in Orlando for 50 bucks a night, pretty close. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. So Tampa, not so much. Rather expensive, long drive, but... It's worth it. We try to hit up all the conventions that we can, and we always enjoy Spooky Empire. They have usually two conventions a year. There's a smaller one that's at a hotel in Orlando. This one used to be a larger convention in Orlando, but this year they moved it to Tampa. I believe for 2020, the larger one will also be in Tampa this year, this coming year. So let's get into the good stuff about the convention. This convention had a fantastic guest list. Included Sam and Ted Ramey, Bruce Campbell, Elvira, Alice Cooper, Twisted Sister, James Ranson from It Chapter 2, and several others we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail. The guest list was very impressive. As always, the Tampa Convention Center, very nice. It was a good venue for the convention, especially being the first time. Uh, Some of our favorite people that we saw at the convention... James Hong, who played Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China, as well as literally thousands of other roles. James Hong has been in all kinds of stuff. I did not realize until we went to this convention that he's what, Daniel? Like He's 90. He is 90 years old, and he is still going to and doing conventions. He had tons of energy, and every time we saw him, he was out still signing. It wasn't one of those things where he's there for an hour and gone for two He was there, and fantastic guy, great attitude. It was awesome to meet him. Then from there, who's next? Uh, C.J. Graham from Friday the 13th Part 6. Awesome. And you have a story to go along with C.J. Graham, don't you? I do have a story to go along with C.J. Graham. By all means, sir. Okay, this story starts with my friend Jeremy Lucky in Monroe, Louisiana. He has a haunted house called Evil Visions, and he booked Kane Hodder to appear at his haunted house this Halloween. And Kane Hodder played which Jason? Um, most. Most? Uh, okay. Seven, eight, nine, Jason X. Played several, yeah. So Kane Hodder calls me from Lucky's phone. We were driving at that yeah, time. We were driving we? on our way to Spooky Empire, and he called. And he uh, had some questions about some Friday the 13th memorabilia that I had sold Lucky. And I was asking him about, about the movies, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. And then I told him, I was like, I actually saw you last year at Spooky Empire. And he said, oh, yeah, well, I was supposed to be there this year, too, but... I got booked for this first. And he said, well, you know C.J. Graham's going to be there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's going to be there. And he said, I need you to do something. I need you to go up to him 
and say, Kane Hodder says you're a bitch. Well, at this, I have to. I have to. I have to. I have to do this. I mean, I'm, you really have to. But I have to say, we see C.J. Graham come out to his table while we're in line for James Hong, who was running a little bit behind. I'll give him credit. He's 90. The fact that he's there, we're good. So we're standing in line, me, you, and Carrie, who actually got to go to this convention. And C.J. Graham comes out. That is a big motherfucker. He is large. He's a large dude. So you're a large dude too. You're six foot seven, but he's big. So you start heading over there, and Carrie and I are coming out with an escape plan, whether we're going to wait and testify or if we're going to get the hell out of there when he knocks you out. So you head over to his table, and what happens then? I said, Kane Hodder says you're a bitch. What did he have to say about that? Uh, he laughed. Uh, we actually had a really, really awesome talk, uh, a real personable moment with, with a celebrity that I admire. And uh, apparently this is a, a thing they have going back and forth, all this joking around at conventions. And uh, I mean, that was pretty much it, but it was just a really neat experience getting that, getting that moment with him. You were over there for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, he, it, was, it was a long talk. He actually called Lucky too, didn't he? And he, he did. He didn't. He had he, a message for him. He called Lucky and he told him if he wants a real man at his haunted house next year to give him a call. And then he gave me his business card. That's awesome. It's always great when your heroes turn out not to be shitheads. And, Absolutely. Uh, over the years, we've met a lot of celebrities. I uh, Working in law enforcement, I've worked on a, a couple of TV shows and uh, movies, commercial shoots, and it's always great when people that you've looked up to wind up being really, really great people, and it, it never ceases to amaze me. I don't think that I would be so chipper and sunny with never having any privacy, so it's always good when it turns out that way. That was an awesome, awesome. Probably the highlight of the convention was that whole thing. I would, I would agree with that. Uh, it's something I'll keep with me forever. That was a, a, an awesome memory to make. So from there, our next person that we really enjoyed seeing was Clive Barker. Clive Barker from Hellraiser, many other horror movies. He's one of the masters of horror. Uh, I have a Hellraiser photo that has Doug Bradley's signature on it, and I added Clive Barker to that. I did not realize how bad a shape Clive Barker is in though he's in a wheelchair and he is not in good health at this time it was great to see him but it's always sad to see as we get older the people who made the movies that influenced us as kids they're aging and unfortunately we're losing them at an unprecedented rate now that we're in I'm in my 40s and you're in your mid-30s it's it's sad to see it is you know we grew up with these people and as a, as a child, as a kid, you don't think about it so much about about them not being here one day. And, and it hits you hard, especially when you're in fandom as much as we are. It's, it's a difficult thing. It is. Uh, from there, we saw Tony Moran, who was one of the people who played The Shape in the first Halloween, 1978. He was a great guy, very, very nice, very personable. There's a story to go with this next person, Meredith Eastman. What's the, what's the background here? Meredith Eastman is from the original 1968 Night of the Living Dead, one of the very few surviving cast members from that movie. Yeah, she is. And uh, my friend of mine, Lawrence, he's, he's really big in the George Romero community, uh, does a lot of awesome stuff up in Pittsburgh, uh, a big name. Somebody, some people out there might know him. He arranged for her to be at this convention, paid for her booth, did, paid for all of her expenses as far as I know, and didn't ask for anything in return from her. And let me tell you, she was an absolute pleasure to meet. She was like everybody's grandmother, 
except all the pictures she took were with a sharpened uh, gardening trowel. Super, super nice lady. She's in her late 80s. She's mm-hmm. Yeah, she's up there. Yeah. Uh, she was not on the bill for the convention as somebody that was going to be there. And it was a great surprise to see her and meet her and spend a little bit of time with her. And something that really warmed my heart was the amount of people lined up to get her autograph. And she wasn't in the autograph area. She was out in the in the where the booths are with the vendors. Absolutely. They were in the vendor area. Lawrence sells uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, stuff like that, yeah. of hard-to-find movies. And he got an extra space in his booth and put a table for her. And uh, we're grateful that we got to see her. She's a really, really nice lady, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And then from there, Daniel and I are both huge Rob Zombie horror fans. I have a ton of autographs on a House of a Thousand Corpses poster, and Daniel's is on uh, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, and there was a person at this convention who was not in House but was in Devil's Rejects. So who was that? Oh, Michael Alcott. Uh, most people out there will know him as the Chicken Fucker. The Chicken Fucker, fantastic. He was actually a really cool guy too, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was awesome. Super, super awesome. Uh, one, one of the highlights of the convention for me, for sure. Meeting him, uh, just a. Uh, in the movie for two minutes, but he's made a lot out of that two minutes. He has. He's he's riding that for all it's worth. He's done some other movies and other shows. He's a great guy. Very cool to meet. Uh, when we were walking around the convention, there were also a lot of really super high-end cosplay costumes and people. Uh, when we first got to the convention, which we're going to get to here in a little bit, we're standing in line, and... Here comes probably the best witch costume I've ever seen in my oh, life. Yeah, that was great. Uh, the witch is Bora from Salem's Black Hat Society. If you look her up on Facebook, this uh, person that does this cosplay is actually from Salem, Massachusetts, and is like a local celebrity, a street performer there. Very engaging, very funny, and that was a great time to, to kill a little time at the line. There was a girl there who was from Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yep. That had the snake, Beetlejuice snake, mm-hmm. wrapped around. The sandworm. Sandworm. Very tall, very pretty girl in the wedding dress. It was uh, awesome. And then from there, what was next, Daniel? Oh, we saw the alien, the xenomorph from Ridley Scott's classic 1979 horror movie. That was a fantastic cosplay. It was, that, it was one of the best alien cosplays I think I've ever seen. It was great. Uh, there was a little girl who was dressed as Pennywise, complete with the teeth appliques and the, 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 the giant sharp teeth. And the blood, which was really, really awesome. Oh, she looked great. She did. That is parenting gone right. Absolutely. Parenting gone right, 100%. Uh, the venue, as always, Tampa Convention Center was decent. wasn't hard to get to. We've been there before for Tampa Bay. All of the lines were inside, so we were not out in the Florida heat. It was in the AC. Gripes this year, things that we could have done better. I always like to to give this information just because we do go to so many conventions. you got to nitpick them a little bit. Just a little bit. First off, there are no prices online. None. Zero. A lot of people have to budget for these conventions, ourselves included. Uh, yeah. And you have to know how much money you need to bring with you. If you don't know how much money, then you have to pay the exorbitant ATM fees or you miss out on stuff. It's not that hard to list the prices online. I understand that some talent will change theirs throughout the weekend, but that's something administratively that they just have to overcome. And if I get there and it's five bucks difference, I'm not going to complain about it. But at least ballpark it for me. 
going in. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's really hard because you, you, you make a list and you've got 10 or 11 autographs you want to get. You have no idea how much any of them cost. You know, are they $40 a piece or, or some of them 20 or some of them 100 It's I've, It's difficult. For sure. It is difficult to budget when you don't have the prices online. Uh, one of the things that really irked me, because last year at Spooky Empire, we did not pre-buy tickets. Uh, and the reason we didn't do that is because we're busy and we just didn't. It didn't happen. And when we got to the venue, it was a huge line outside at one of the convention centers in Orlando where they held it last year. And that line was for the people who already had their tickets. We did not have our tickets yet, and our line was about 10 times shorter. We got our tickets, got in. It was no problem. This year, we figured out oh, we'll do the same thing. Negative Ghost Rider. They did not begin selling tickets until after the doors opened for the pre-ticketed people at this event. Yeah, the, the doors opened at 11 and that's when they started selling tickets. Yes, and we were in a very long line at that time. So essentially, it ate 30, 40 minutes of your convention time standing in line. And then some people paid cash, some people had card, and they had different little kiosks set up for different payment methods, and people were in the wrong spot. Yes, it was a, a, little, a, a little chaotic. I understand and, yeah. it's the first year at a new venue, but if your doors open at 11, start selling tickets at 10 and make a queue for the people who already have their tickets to wait for the doors to open. There's, there's yeah, that, no... doesn't, that doesn't seem too incredibly difficult to me. It doesn't to me either. One of the other things that we noticed, and we talk about this a lot, not only did this convention have VIP tickets, which gets you to the front of the autograph lines, they also had fast pass tickets. So there were two tiers of people who got to cut in front of you in line just because they spent more money than you did. Uh, we are not proponents of this. Uh, some events, Halloween Horror Nights, some other ones, you know you're going to have to spend the money for the Fast Pass. I feel like a convention, as expensive as they are, as expensive as the autographs are, you should be able to go in there and everybody be on an even playing field. These are once a year trips for a lot of people and a lot of people do not have the money to cough up another $150 a person to get in front of you in line. I just disagree with that. I don't know how you feel, but it's always kind of irked me. I mean, like you said, we do it at Horror Nights and we did it at the at the haunted houses in Louisiana too. We would buy fast we would make sure we had fast passes. So I, I they're almost a necessary evil because I know that's how they make money for these conventions to put on, but yeah, it seems like there's something they could do to, to, to just even that playing field a little bit. Well, the thing that really chapped my ass is when we were in line for James Hong, there was a regular line and there was a VIP line. He was a little bit late getting to the, to the venue, and there was no one from the convention metering the line, which means there was no volunteer or person that worked there standing at the line letting two VIPs and one regular go or anything. So every person that got in VIP went ahead of us, and we were only second in line. Yep. So we were 10 people in before we got to get to the table because if you're going to have something like that, at least manage it. it yeah. wasn't well, normally at, the, at these conventions, there is someone in every line, in every, in every celebrity's line, that, that does allow like three VIP people and then a regular line person come through and then 
two or three more VIP people and a regular person. But there was none at this. And the, the VIP people kept piling up. Absolutely. And, because and, and there was no one there to tell them that, hey, wait a minute, let's let a few of these people go through. You know, and that might be a, a minor complaint, but... It is it, but you don't want to say something to somebody and then get in an altercation. It's just not worth no, it. No, our blood pressure is high enough. It's it's not worth it. But if you're going to have that, at least have somebody there to at overlook it. it. Yeah, absolutely. So from there, uh, the autograph area was pretty tight. It was much smaller this year than last year at the Orlando convention. Absolutely, the the actual physical area where the autographs, the celebrities were signing was pretty tight, and with the big names that they had, the lines were long, and it was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder in that whole part of the convention. So that was a little bit of a challenge. Nothing we couldn't overcome. One of the other comments I had written down was there wasn't a lot of time for your big-name celebrities to sign. Uh, your Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, they were like from 11 to 1 and 3 to 5. They were only there for a very limited yeah. time during the day. They had very interesting schedules, and I, I know they have to do that because they have panels and stuff like that they have to go to, but it made it, it made it difficult, and and you know, this is something that you that we haven't wrote down on our notes, but I, I'm not a big fan of selling autograph tickets. Yeah, some of them, some of the conventions we go to do pre-sale tickets for autographs. Uh, and a lot of times, they sell out 100% before the convention even starts, so if you don't know about this and you get there, you have no way of, you have zero chance of getting that autograph. No, none. Uh, we we had that happen to us with Michael J. Fox yes. at MegaCon last year. That was ex exceptionally disappointing. It was. I wanted to add him to my Frighteners poster, and it was sold out before the first day of the convention. I understand with his medical condition that he's only able to sign so much and for so long, and that's perfectly understandable, but it wasn't well advertised. So we've run into that before. It's not a huge thing. Uh, as far as what we picked up at the convention this year, I got a big trouble in Little China 11 by 17 poster that I took with me. I had James Hong sign that. I hope I can add some more to it later. I added Clive Barker to my Doug Bradley Hellraiser autograph. I have Marilyn Eastman on a Night of the Living Dead photo. Uh, James Ransom from It Chapter 2. And what did you pick up this year? Uh, for starter, we'll start with uh, I added Michael Alcott and Ken Forey to my Devil's Rejects poster. I also got Marilyn Eastman on a Night Living Dead Blu-ray. Nice. I got James Ransom, too. Uh, what else did I get? I got Danielle Harris from Halloween Part 4. You got her on a, on a, a Halloween knife. On a Halloween butcher knife, yes. And did you get Tony Moran on that as well? I did. I did. Nice. Uh, I got James Hong, of course, on a low-pan pop. And uh, that's about it, I think. Yeah. Carrie went with us this year. She's out of town this week, so she can't be here with us today. She had an interesting purchase, though. Carrie is new at going to conventions, and Daniel and I were over talking to Marilyn Eastman, and her feet hurt because, you know, you walk a lot. You're going to walk quite a bit. And we actually walked to the convention that day from our hotel. We stayed downtown. And Carrie went on a mission to find some socks. This year has been a pretty immersive exposure to pop culture for her that she hasn't had before. So what did she come back with? Well, she was excited. She came back with some socks, and she was, she said, I couldn't find any that I really liked, so I got these clown socks. And when I looked at it, I was like, of course, let me look at them. And she has bought John Wayne Gacy socks with that, Pogo the Clown on them. That is fucking awesome. The serial killer, child murderer socks, they, they're... Now a staple in your household. They absolutely are. 
So that was awesome. She uh, just totally innocently found some real nice clown socks she likes. Then we told her the backstory about them, and it was awesome. Another highlight for the trip. Absolutely. Good times. You, you can't go wrong with serial killer socks. So we had a great time at this convention overall. It was a good convention. Great guest list. I recommend anybody check it out. They have two a year. There's one in Orlando. And again, this year, 2020, there will be the convention in Tampa again. So this week, or in the last little bit since we talked, I have picked up a few things. Uh, one of my grails for my autograph collection. I have always wanted a John Candy autograph. And I was perusing Dirt eBay, which is dangerous for my... Oh, it's exceptionally dangerous. For my finances there. But I found... There was a very short-run TV series and a very short-run comic book. I think there were six issues called Camp Candy circa 1990? Yeah, early 1991, yeah. Yeah, and I found a Camp Candy comic. It's issue number, what, two? Two, I believe. I think it's two. Signed by John Candy, and it was authenticated, had, a, I believe, a Beckett cert or a JSA cert with it. And it's just incredibly rare to find a John Candy autograph that's not on a napkin or written to somebody because he's been gone for so long, way before the convention scene and all that stuff really took off. Yeah, back back then, the 80s and 90s, when a lot of people got autographs, they were on cards or an autograph book. You know, that no one got posters signed. Nobody got 11 by 17s or Blu-rays or VHS even. Yeah, so it it's a rare autograph. I went ahead and picked it up. It was extremely well-priced, and I could not pass it up. I and love I'm, it. And I'm extremely jealous because if you don't love John Candy, you have no business listening to the, this podcast. No, none whatsoever. He's he's just, he was there through my whole youth, all the movies. All the major movies, yeah. I love the guy, and like most comedians that I follow, we lost him too soon, so it was great to get something. Uh, on the Planet City Comics Facebook group, I picked up a graded copy of Shazam number one, which I believe is 1974. And it's actually a really high graded book, I believe a 9.4, which is a, a great score for a book that's older than I am. Uh, we went to Der Best Buy one day, and I grabbed a, a trade paperback, hardback of Death of Superman, DC Comics, that also included a Blu-ray. Picked up a couple of Funko Mystery Minis, some ad icons. We saw those, what, at Barnes & Noble? Those were at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, those are awesome. Uh, I got the Funko Shop exclusive Tootsie Pop Owl from the Tootsie Roll Pop commercials. I think they ran that commercial from the 60s or 70s on through up until not too long ago, if it's not still running. Absolutely. It was a, that was another classic commercial. And then we had Black Friday come up from Mintage Authentics. I grabbed some of their flash sale items. I got a signed Pennywise Funko from the original It miniseries signed by Tim Curry. I got a Kane Hodder signed Jason mask from Friday the 13th. And an Ari Lehman 11 by 14 poster from Friday the 13th Part 1. The original. He was Jason 1 pre-mask so i grabbed that stuff on a black friday sale what'd you get in the last couple of weeks i haven't i've, I've been a little light on the buying lately but i made up for it with what? that with that mintage black friday sale uh, i more than made up for my lack of purchases uh i picked up some NECA ultimate figures the ninja turtle movie figures um i picked up the new sam figure uh the ultimate sam 
from Trick or Treat. Oh, I've not seen that yet. I need to come check that out. He's very awesome. He comes with several interchangeable heads, hands, all kinds of accessories. Awesome. What was your Black Friday machete? What score was that? My Black Friday score was a machete, and it is signed by almost everybody that has ever played Jason in any of the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, the only signature missing is Richard Brooker. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he, he sadly died a few years ago, uh, so his autograph is, is decently hard to find. That's going to make it incredibly difficult to get. A little bit. A little bit. If you could find one on a card or something, you could... Put, put it the, with it. Yeah, put it with it in a shadow box or something. It's still a really, really cool grab. Mintage does a Black Friday sale every year. Flash sales, uh, clearance stuff. Great, great deals. I couldn't pass up. Uh, I, I have no self-control. No, neither one of us do. No, it's it's terrible. So it's been a good time. So we had a great time at Spooky 2019. Thank you for listening this week. And remember, no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, stay geeky. <laughs>